1: And I'm imagining
0: it's not smelly because I have nothing inside of me for it to be smelly about. Nothing is decomposing in there. It's just primordial gas.
1: Is that what it is?
0: I don't know. It's weird. I'm sure my whole stomach culture is probably way off. My mom's like, you should probably be taking probiotic again. I was like, yeah, yeah. I, th- I probably should just jump back on and start taking my athletic greens
1: daily. Yeah. <laughs> athletic greens help me get through COVID. <laughs> I mean, I literally, I uh, literally, literally, literally is my new word. Legiterally, I'm <laughs> still taking athletic greens mm-hmm. and I love it. Mm-hmm. I've been recording this the whole time, just so you know. Um, <laughs> Legitimately. Legitimately. Literally and legitimately. Mm -hmm. Or like that. Legitimately. Legitimately. Clearly, I was trying to say both at the same Mm -hmm. time, and that's what happened. So, what kind of sick person are you? Uh, sick. <laughs> this is like, what kind of sick person are you is what that could be. Mm-hmm. But I was more asking, so what kind of sick person are you? Like when uh, you, when you are sick, what kind So of I'm you? not sick often. I did
0: just after three years. Toss, toss. Yeah. After three years, uh, finally got COVID, which was, has not been a fun experience. I'm assuming it was from work because I teach. It definitely knocked me out. I'm a person that really takes precautions, especially, you know, even pre-COVID with making sure that I was getting enough rest as much as I could, exercising, eating well. And even during COVID, I really felt like with being vaccinated, taking as many precautions as possible, I was going to be okay. Not the case. So what kind of sick person am I? (sighs) Pathetic. (laughs) 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 It's not great. I hate being sick. I well, don't know, but who
1: likes being Yeah, sad,
0: no. You know? There's something nice about having a day to just be like, okay, well, you have to stay home. But then when it was like, okay, you're home for, because I got it on like a Saturday. So I had to be home for three days. So it's like day three, I was like, God, I just need to see the world again. But yeah, there's something about not having control over your body. I wonder, you know, if the conservative justice really took that into account when they thought about Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, it's something about not having control over your body and and kind of basically being forced. Oh my gosh, I'm really just traveling down this rabbit hole. Uh Being forced to kind of be a certain way for a while. And that way doesn't feel good. No. Apply whatever film or layer you'd like on that one. Sure.
1: Yeah, so I don't love being Who does? (laughs) Yeah. Who does? Mm -mm. What about you? I mean, I'm somebody who historically has been like... I feel like you don't get sick that often either. I don't that often, no. I would say I get sick even less now like because I because you're home yeah I work from home now Mm -hmm. and I also like I really do everything I can to like stay active and eat healthy and like but I mean something like COVID COVID's gonna come for you whether you're you know oh yeah healthy or not or whatnot you know what I mean it's just that kind of thing but no historically I've been a person that like a group of people have to convince me that I am sick and that I have to leave and go home Mm. that has been the thing I'm like they're like um sir the McDonald's ball pit is for well customers Customer, <laughs> right exactly right like i had a co-worker who was like, honey you have a fever you mm-hmm. have to go home mm-hmm. you cannot you literally cannot be here around yeah. other people and i will like leave screaming from the building going like i have but i have things to do you know like that's who i used to be mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i feel like now it's sort of like i'm i'm in a place where i'm like oh i feel this happening let me you know communicate the things i need to communicate sure. make a little plan be like okay i've got to see the doctor i've got to get this maybe I need to go pick up a prescription maybe I need to go get some home remedy things like do whatever I need to do in order to just write it out in as like the least dramatic way as possible Mm. because I don't love being a person who is so ill that I can't make food for myself though sometimes we are those people yeah and that's when as friends we step up to be like okay what What are you dealing with yeah how can Can I help help you you?" Mm -hmm. and if you're like you know I just need I I literally don't have the energy to make myself food okay great then I'm bringing food to you Mm -hmm. you know what I mean that's what we have to do yeah yeah but yeah community exactly
0: yeah I will say it's no fun being sick as an adult in a job situation especially as a teacher I feel like there's little wiggle room you can't actually lean into that sickness and feel sick it's like oh you have to prep plans for today oh and you might be out tomorrow you have to do that too I feel like in a lot of other jobs it might be like okay you're sick you'll you'll pick that up when you come back you know in two days there's less of an expectation that you're doing work when you're home Sick, but I feel like as
1: a teacher, unfortunately, that happens sometimes. You have to do work when you're sick, yeah. And teachers are obviously not set up for success in so many ways, Mm-mm. but particularly when it comes to that, because you have to like prep plans. And then so many teachers I remember would just come to school sick anyway because they're like, I would rather be here and not have to like prep plans for days, yeah, than have to like, um, you know, fall out of step with what's happening, like yeah. it's just easier. and. It's like, no, when overextending yourself in a circumstance where you shouldn't ag- against your own health, that shouldn't be the easier option. And now let's talk about national parks. <laughs> <laughs> is at the national park. At the national park. At the national park. Follow you, I'll follow you there.
0: We would like to acknowledge that while hiking and visiting the land also known as Theodore Roosevelt National Park, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Mandan, Hidatsta, Arikara, Crow, and various other indigenous people.
1: So this episode and our next episode all takes place in the north unit of the, the north unit the north unit of Theodore Roosevelt National Park. That's right. There are two sides to this coin, baby girl, and they're an hour apart from one another. That's other. right. Our three previous episodes were in the south unit, and then the next two, this one and the next one, will be in the north unit. So we had talked to the ranger at the south unit visitor center, and we had gotten all of the info that we needed to get for the North Unit. We got a great itinerary for trails. She also mentioned that we needed to load up on water because the water in the North Unit had fluoride in it, which she said is safe to drink, but it tastes terrible. Mm -hmm. So we made sure to do that. And then she also mentioned that it was about an hour and ten minute drive from the South Unit to the North Unit. Mm -hmm. So we were getting prepared for that.
0: Yeah, so after a little traipsy afternoon in uh, Madura, where we mistook um, some gays for owning a a very fancy little ice cream shop. We came back. We I think we got a beer in the very strange but interesting bunker bar. style bar, like literally you had to go under the ground to the underground bar. to the bar. We sat on the porch. There were it was very buggy and very hot. Mm-hmm. So that la- was short-lived and then we just like climbed into the air conditioning <laughs> and went <laughs> and, to sleep. And and went to sleep knowing that it was going to be real hot the next day and it was going to be a long day because again we were only in the park for two days, one day in each unit. So that morning we woke up, we had some breakfast, which was nice because our little cabin had like a little kitchenette. So we were able to do some breakfasting things and pack our bags with water and lunch and stuff like that. And we loaded the car and we
1: headed on to the north unit. So the drive involved is essentially taking Highway 85 north. In order to get to the south unit, we had to take Highway 85 all the way up and then get onto the interstate which was 94. But here, we weren't getting on that interstate. We were just staying on 85 Mm and continuing to travel north. Mm -hmm. And it was essentially a straight shot until we saw the north unit on the left. This was our time to
0: just, like, shine when it came to crossword puzzles in the car. We have historically been trivia people in the car. We still are. We still are, but gosh, it is. Listen, if you can find a great trivia book, you have found a diamond in the rough. Absolutely. I feel are like we've gone through all of them. Few and far between. That like, you know, activate all the parts of your brain, but also have like interesting knowledge and like a diversity of kind of like questions.
1: We really have, I feel like, scraped also, the barrel. it's hard to find trivia books that like the person reading them can also participate True. in. because no, like
0: the person who's driving can participate in.
1: Well, both. I'm saying yeah. like, if you're reading it, you don't want the answers on the page. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you're driving, you don't want visual things, right? right you know right, what right. I mean. So it's like it's hard to find for both, right? So um, stay tuned for um, <laughs> yeah. when we announce our yeah. trivia book that mm-hmm. we're publishing mm-hmm.
0: as the Twitter sphere <laughs> as the Twitter sphere goes wild. So we have resorted to kind of working with crosswords in the car, which is great because the person giving the clue has just as little information as the person getting the clue that's driving. And even if like I'm giving and you're getting. Um I can like if I know the answer I can hold on to it until you know the answer and then you can give it to
1: me and I can write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm enjoying that. Great. And I hope you all out there are enjoying that too.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were very limited gas stops as we were headed this way. So we had made sure to get gas the night before because we knew that that was probably going to be the case. We had obviously experienced very minimal gas station stopping when we were driving across the state in general. I think our fears were triggered there. Also a time we didn't know about satellite phones or having one would be a great idea. Mm-hmm. It Precisely. Mm-hmm.
1: Another thing that was fun about this uh, drive up to the north unit was the time zone change. In North Dakota, we had been entirely in Mountain Time Mm -hmm. the entire time. Mm -hmm. But then um, traveling up to the North Unit, because not all of North Dakota is in Mountain Time. Mm -mm. Half of it is in Mountain Time. Half of it is in Central Time. It's not a straight line. It's like a crooked line Mm -hmm. that divides the time zones. We traveled into Central Time for a bit. And basically, traveling into Central Time, the North Unit Visitor Center is in Central Time. And then you drive a little further, and then you're back into Mountain Time. Yeah, it's
0: a lot of time traveling across. So I think we also were trying to be mindful of that when arriving at the visitor center if we were going to stop in. Right. Because we didn't want to
1: get there in the wrong time zone. (laughs) Correct. We didn't. (laughs) Mm -mm. So here was our north unit hiking plan. Our plan this day was to park at the Caprock Coulee Nature Trail Trailhead, do the interpretive nature trail, then continue on the Caprock Coulee Trail over to the Red Bend Overlook, then descend into the canyon onto the north Aachenbach Trail, hike over the 4.2 miles of the canyon to the Oxbow Overlook, then turn back, hike the North Aachenbach Trail back the way we came, then head off to the right to complete the Caprock-Hooley Trail loop, and finally return to the car. One of the reasons that we wanted to make it to the Oxbow Overlook was because the ranger mentioned that we would be able to see Bighorn Sheep from there. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was going to be
0: about a total of a 12.5 mile day, or about 20 kilometers, which for us on this trip was right around the low mark, the low mark, low middle kind of mark. So it wasn't out of the question. But I think something we learned and then would quickly learn on this day is that the park is very exposed. And so that was going to definitely play a hand in how we were feeling for sure. So when we arrived, we see the north unit on the left and we pull in. Uh, The visitor Center was essentially a trailer, which we did not go in. We passed through the gates. It felt like the north unit was the less visited of the two units of the park Sure. based off of just kind of like the entrance station and um, and how you kind of like come into the, the park itself. After passing through the gate, we
1: see the ranger and we proceed on to the scenic loop drive. So not long after we pull in, we see some early morning bison having a good time. Um, we kept driving. On the way to the parking area, we pass the Juniper area campground. We also pass the Cannonball Concretions pullout, which is a very cool spot with some very cool things to see that we didn't do that (laughs) Um, there's a few spots along the road here to get on to the Buckhorn Trail which is a 13.3 mile or 21.4 kilometer loop Uh, we did not do this loop on this day mostly because the ranger we asked about this long loop and the ranger was like oh I think you'd have a better time like doing this other combo of Mm -hmm. things so that's why we decided to do that Mm -hmm. it does look like a very wonderful epic loop but we were headed elsewhere this day
0: so after driving for a bit we finally arrive at the trailhead for the Caprock Coulee Nature Trail getting to the parking lot there was a bunch of construction material that was there and things were obviously happening um, as far as construction to the road. When we got there, there was also a brand new bathroom that had just been constructed. That was a bonus for everybody. <laughs> we made sure to get ourselves together. We put our boots on. We put our sunblock on because even though it was early, the sun was very high in the sky already. We got ready to get right out onto the Caprock Cooley Nature Trail.
1: Now, we want to note that there are two parts of the Caprock Cooley Trail. The Caprock Coolie Trail is a loop, but there is one section of this loop called the Caprock Coolie. Nature nature trail, which is an interpretive trail. And that was where we were going to start. And with that, let's take our first break. So we're playing walk run. Mm-hmm. We played a lot of this game this day in particular. Walk run is like you come up with one thing like either for the walk or the run mm-hmm. section of the phrase and then you have to fill in the blank for mm-hmm. the other one.
0: So like what walked so Dunkaroos could run or vice versa. What what Dunkaroos
1: walked so these
0: could run, you know? Uh, we've done this before. We have. Mm-hmm. What's funny is remember. when I
1: thought of walk run or mm-hmm. like earlier today when I was putting together the outline, the Dunkaroos example is what came to me. Now. Oh. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. Synchronicity (laughs) sisters. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So here we go. Who walked so that Carly Rae Jepsen could run? I think it was Mariah Carey. Really? Yeah. I see that. Uh Uh-huh. Why? Why? Because I feel like she was,
0: I feel like Mariah was and is a diva and very pop-based, but I don't think she ever, and maybe all the gays will come for me, but I don't think she like was the tantamount. Like, I feel like Britney surpassed her. Pretty quickly, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, no, oh, I don't. Let's know. walk that back. Oh, no, no, I know. No.
1: Mariah is in a stratosphere that is like, un- and you may not know it unless you're like a Mariah superfan. But like, well, Mariah is actually in the stratosphere higher than a lot of people. I know. I just she feel has like... M- like more number one singles than any other artist ever. All right. Well, we'll walk it all back because you know I take all my gay cards from me. Now I w- <laughs> I will agree that like what. I I agree with you about Mariah and Carly Rae because like Carly Rae Jepsen is like invested in making good pop music Mm -hmm. and is also like a writer of her pop music and is Mm -hmm. also like a produces her stuff and like mariah does all the same stuff Mm -hmm. so like the sort of like solo venture female performer producer writer i totally see that Mm
0: -hmm. okay well thanks for the save there
1: there you go Mm -hmm. great who walked so anya taylor joy could run oh who walked so that anya taylor or i'm sorry it's anya sorry anya taylor joy anya taylor joy could run um I feel like it's got to be an actor who's like a little bit strange and a little bit interesting.
0: Is it Tilda Swinton? <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> Tilda.
1: Definitely not Tilda. Um, so I think um, the actress who played Amelie. Oh, okay. Walked so that um, Anya Taylor-Joy could run.
0: Why don't I know her name? I can't think of it.
1: Audrey Tautou?
0: Oh, yeah. I think it's, t- yeah, I think that's how you say it.
1: I'm not going to lie. Now, we've never seen Amelie. Now, now, the gays can take you. my <laughs> gay card. Did you lend it to me
0: on DVD? I think a million you, years no, ago. You know, I don't you think know. so. Yeah, it's We're, worth it.
1: We've never exchanged DVDs, <laughs> <laughs> but you told me all about it. And when we, oh, we did like a, a movie mm. on a trail once, so I'm familiar with the story, mm. but I have never seen Amelie. That's great. Though I'm sure I will see it at some point, mm-hmm. I feel like a little bit of an expert on it. Mm-hmm. But yes, I do feel like I feel like she walked so that Anya Taylor Joy could run. So we leave the car and we head off onto the trail. Now at the start, things are very flat, and in the distance there are these like badland like canyon walls that slope up. And soon we hit a trail junction and we turn left.
0: So this starts us on the Caprock Coulee Nature Trail. The terrain of this part of the trail remained similar most of the way. And it was oftentimes navigating through trees and then next to these kind of rock mounds that were kind of sloping up on either side of us. There was a little bit of elevation gain and loss, but nothing that was incredibly dramatic right here.
1: This an interpretive trail with educational information along the way. So we learned a lot about coolies, which is um, where... the 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 trail gets its name. According to the MPS, quote, coolies are steep, narrow valleys. Although they are formed by water erosion, coolies are usually dry in the summer, except during thunderstorms. In the 1800s, French fur trappers began referring to these valleys as coolie, meaning flow. And since then, the name has stuck, end quote. So look at that colonization, giving us another name for something. What else is new? To our right was a fairly open
0: area that was also covered in
1: flora, but this is what the sign was referring to as the coulee. So speaking of erosion, this is also a great area to see many examples of different kinds of erosion, including rivulet erosion, differential erosion, and piping for those of us like us who nerd out a little bit about erosion. Okay, so rivulet erosion was visible on the hillside while we were hiking, and it looked like a drip castle. And according to the MPS, quote, rain carves a maze of channels over the face of the butte. These narrow rills merge to form a network of larger channels. Rivulet erosion is one of the many never-ending systems of erosion taking place in the Badlands. With each rain shower, the land changes shape, end quote. So that's what is visible and giving Badland the drip castle look Mm -hmm. that it has is rivulet erosion. Mm
0: -hmm. Then there was also differential erosion, which was visible on the rock ledge on another part of the mound according to the MPS quote, the thin layers of rust red rock on the butte are iron impregnated sandstone because they are harder than the soft gray sediments that make up the rest of the butte they erode more slowly these hard layers form shelves that protect soft sediments below differential erosion is the main shaping force in the Badlands
1: End quote. and the final example of erosion seen in this area is piping according to the MPS quote, the vertical pipes in the coulee walls are formed by a tight- Type of erosion called piping. Rainwater enters small surface openings like rodent burrows or tree root tracks and saturates the ground. The saturated ground then collapses, forming a pipe. The size of some pipes, up to several feet deep and wide, makes them a significant force of change in the badlands. End quote. So we were seeing a lot of different kinds of erosion around us. Which I mean, we are. We've talked about erosion a lot in this season because New River Gorge obviously had a mm-hmm. lot to do with erosion. Yes. And like, there's a lot of different ways erosion is happening all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like as if water is moving and wind and is wind. moving, mm-hmm. erosion is occurring. Erosion. Erosion.
0: Yeah. Hiking on the trail, there is this fairly large mound that we're essentially viewing. And as we're going on the interpretive trail, because there was a pamphlet we were able to pick up for this. And there were numbers. And there were markers along yeah. the way. This kind of helped us to see exactly what was going on which I did think for this did a pretty good job. Not that the Colvain Trail wasn't a great trail, but it's also an interpretive trail, but there weren't any markers and there wasn't an interpretive guide at the time. So it right. made it a little trickier. But hiking here, you're really able to see in the walls of this very, very tall, this had blocked most of the sun at this point. So it was shady, not on the trail because we were far enough away that we could see the sun, but in front of the mound, it was pretty shady there. So we were able to see a lot of what was happening in these walls, which was really interesting.
1: So something else that that was fascinating here was they talked about these badland slopes and being able to like see the same slope of badland, one that's facing the north side and one that's facing the south side there's like a picture and you can see it visible in the picture but we could literally see what was drawn in front of us looking out at this badland mound whereas the north side was green and covered in trees and very lush and very sort of moist we <laughs> whereas the south side was arid and dry and not covered in trees at all.
0: Yeah, like the different sides of a mountain, like the leeward side and the, I think it's southward side. Come for me in the comments on that Sure. One. <laughs> so another feature of the area that we were encountering was something called slump. And slump is a huge boulder that's receding into the earth. We can see the evidence on the side of the slump because there are these striations in the rock and they are tipped downward towards the left. This slump was gigantic. Um, it kind of took us... A a minute or two to figure out which of these boulders was slump and then we spotted it. There's also another slump that was nearby to us and on the trail which was called an active slump which blocked the coulee and gathered water near it and the water by the active slump was not safe for human consumption, but animals do consume it and often do gather at that spot.
1: Some of the vegetation that was visible in this area included a variety of grasses since there are only certain kinds of grasses that can grow in this kind of arid environment. There is also choke cherry, sagebrush, Sage, sagebrush. sagebrush, 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 prickly pear cactus, green ash, lichen, and rabbit brush from the MPS quote. Rabbit brush is the last flower of the season to bloom, hinting at the arrival of winter. During the hot summer, rabbit brush provides shade and shelter for small animals. In the winter, it serves as food for deer and elk. End quote. So this made sense because um we saw quite a number of rabbits on this trail. Mm -hmm. A lot of the trail that we were on at this point was in shadow Mm -hmm. because there were small trees all around Mm -hmm. us, but there were these small pockets of sunlight on the trail floor, and these rabbits would just, like, splute In the sunlight,
0: right, and sometimes in the shade too, And just to kind of cool off. Mm -hmm. I've got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunlight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's also information on this trail about other wildlife in the area, including bison, deer, coyote, and mountain lion, and how to identify their different tracks. Mm -hmm. Other than the bison we saw coming in, this was the only other wildlife we saw here at the the Capitol Nature Trail.
0: Yeah, and the rabbits sort of just like hung out. They like waited until we got very close before they took off. Oh yeah, they were like. Like,
1: Actually, chillin'. rabbits are gone the second they hear anybody. But these <coughs> rabbits were not. These rabbits were like, oh, fine. Yeah. We have People to are up. coming on mm-hmm, the trail. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. we'll move. And like we were doing it. We were like, okay, well, we'll do our best to walk around them, obviously, because we don't want to disturb the rabbits. Yeah. And we didn't want to get too
0: close to them, make them feel uncomfortable.
1: And finally, there's also information in this section about, about various different types of rock that is visible, including lignite, bentonite, and petrified wood. So it was pretty open at a
0: certain point too. So the trail itself, you know, gives you a really great overview of, again, kind of the geology of the Badlands, specifically the Badlands of Theodore Roosevelt National Park. And it's definitely a worthwhile trail, especially to get on early again, because while you're not in a canyon, but you are between kind of like two mounds for most of the trail, although there are very open sections that you also travel along, it is pretty exposed. So I thought it was incredibly beautiful to be able to see all of this. And it was, again, a very different sort of view than we got in the south unit, considering that we were in petrified forest grassland and then the Colvane Trail was very different. Um, Even the Boycourt Trail that we hiked out, very, very different. I do feel like this gave us a lot of wonderful views and a lot of great
1: vegetation that we had previously not seen. When we made it to the end of the trail, we approached a final sign that read Trails End. The section we had just done was 0.8 miles so it was a great way to get the day started and at the sign it said that if we were to continue on for another 3.3 miles that it would bring us back to where we got started and that is the direction that we headed in next and with that let's take our next break it's time for drag corner ladies and gentlemen welcome to the stage Cookie swap Cookie swap mm-hmm.
0: Now I think she missed her season Because I feel like
1: cookie swap is a Christmas queen Here's the thing though I'm sorry You could do a cookie swap at Cookie any time. swap can be anytime, anywhere, any day of the year mm-hmm. So no, I don't think we should Season shame her First <laughs> of all, you are the first person that ever introduced me to the term cookie swap Oh really? Which is where we got this name Okay Because this is not a thing I have ever heard said mm. Like, oh yeah, a cookie swap Cookie swap, and I'm like, does everyone agree to just like swap cookies? Mm -hmm. Like, what's that? Mm -hmm. Like, but it sounds like it has to be orchestrated and like organized. Well, I think you have like a a secret Santa situation. I've never done one. Me either. Yeah. No, I'm a little bit like, well, I don't know. You've never heard it done before, but I think it's a cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. But Cookie Swap spells her name with a K. Mm -hmm. Cookie. Mm -hmm. K-O-O-K-I-E. And then Swap is spelled Mm S-W-A-P-P-E. She's she's classy. First of all, I do love the first name Cookie. Mm -hmm. I think the name Cookie is just like the funniest name to me. And I always picture like an incredibly elegantly dressed person with... With, like a ton of money mm-hmm. named cookie mm-hmm. so i feel like that is who cookie swap is mm. and i'm wondering like if she has outfits where she just looks like an elegant couture chanel type of situation but she's got a little hat and like she pulls the hat off and there's like a little plate of cookies underneath <laughs> or if she like pulls a cookie out of her like pocket of her dress see i was like, feeling like all her over. outfits were
0: referential to like she has an oreo like Ball gown that oh. like is like a very you know beautiful high couture, beautiful, high couture black and white. At with the th- end of the day, it's an oreo. It's an oreo. You know, oh. like that's what I'm thinking. Or like a chocolate chip sure. situation. Yeah. A like a lenser tort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, like mm-hmm. I like this. I like. I think she definitely sings. It's cookie time. From she's got to right. Oh, from yeah. True Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. a doubt.
1: You know those like little butterscotch cookies that are sort of in the shape of a flower with a hole in the middle. Mm-hmm. They were always at my grandmother's house. Are you talking about the ones that came in the round blue tin? Yes. That had sugar on them? Well, there were those, too. Yeah. And then there were the ones that were more plain. Mm -hmm. I liked the plain ones. Mm. I didn't like the ones with the sprinkled sugar on them. You, surprise, plain. I'll just have a burger with nothing on it, just the bun and the burger. (laughs) Uh, That is how I order burgers. (laughs) Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. No, I I mean, I also like Special K with nothing on it. Mm -hmm. Just regular old Special K. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she's doing cookie time. She's got, I mean, I think she's probably like a Girl Scout salesperson sure. situation happening. I mean, I feel like if you're doing cookie time, you can't not actually have Girl Scout cookies mm-hmm. to sell. So I feel like that's her merch, probably. Mm. Or maybe she's got some kind of, like, bag that is specifically made for cookies. For cut- 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 cut-
0: She could. She maybe has purses that look like different types of cookies, too. Oh, I like sells. that.
1: Which kind of cookie purse would you have if you had a cookie purse? Oh. Uh- <laughs> I think I would probably have a Samoa cookie purse. Oh. Mm -hmm. I think I would probably have an E.L. Fudge Mm -hmm. elf Mm -hmm. cookie purse. Mm -hmm. Because I do have to say those cookies are... Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Like, here's the thing. If you ever need to tell me bad news, someone needs to show up with like a whole thing of E.L. Fudge cookies and go here. (laughs) And the news, I will handle the news better mm-hmm. if I'm eating eel fudge cookies. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. I, that would also work with tortilla chips and <laughs> salsa. <laughs> so ladies
0: and gentle thems, please welcome to the stage, cookie swap. we continue on. So after seeing the sign, we're kind of dumped off in this area that is a little bit more wide open and feels a little bit more deserty, I would say. Like there's a lot of low brush to the ground. There are some hills that are kind of surrounding us on all sides. But this essentially takes us on to the just general Caprock Cooley Trail,
1: which is essentially hiking around a mound that we had just hiked along. Correct. It's relatively flat in this first section until finally we get to a bit of incline. Mm-hmm. This and is where we had to like draw forth the energy. <laughs> right. We finally had to summon the energy, mm-hmm. and we knew like we could see where it was headed mm-hmm. upward, and mm-hmm. that we would eventually get to a stopping point. But there was quite a bit of incline to do to get up there.
0: Initially, we have this like incline that we have to kind of take up a little bit that gives us a little bit more perspective to what we had sort of been seeing at the ground for essentially most of the nature trail portion of the hike. The hills are very yellow. The mounds that kind of surround us, there is some kind of gray tones to some of them as well. It's very brushy up here as we're hiking up, but it's still kind of like a dirt path and it kind of feels very deserty still very open.
1: Yeah, and there are like occasional trees in the distance that some are bare, some of them have some leaves on them. But it does bring us into a little bit of trees, but like from the trees, we can like see out and see, you know, some of what's beneath us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: As we're hiking up, we kind of go
0: in and out of these small areas of forest until eventually we find ourselves into like i would say like a thicket is the best way to describe it it was from there there are some steps that are kind of built into the earth there that are just kind of like landscaping ties railroad ties that help us to ascend a little bit more up into an area that gives us even more kind of an elevation gain and even more visibility this feels a little bit more kind of prairie
1: up here yes um, because there aren't many trees no and it's just just. Just a little bit, like a couple of trees in the distance.
0: Mm -hmm. This was like we had to kind of assume a little bit of a grunt work to get up to this point. But once we're up here, it's a little flatter. This is where you get an even better perspective of kind of where we had come from, but also the area surrounding. So after hiking through this kind of prairie upland is what I'm going to call it for a moment, you know, it makes the most sense. Eventually, we come to this spot in the trail, which is just like, a wow moment.
1: Okay, so we are standing at this magnificent overlook. So there's a a slope that comes down. It looks like a canyon, but it's like a canyon covered in trees and green. Yeah, and... Um
0: You can just kind of see like there's another sort of ridgeline and like these buttes and these coolies and slumping that, you know, we will go over all that lingo at some point. But that's all in the distance right now.
1: And I think we were right down there. Like between where the trees and that oh, yeah. slope is. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes, we kind of wound around. We wound around, but above that, it's just more sweeping badlands. But it's like there's badlands, and then on, on one side, and then on the other side, it's like four. look at that. We did cover what those things meant Mm -hmm. almost two years later. Oof, wild. And this was kind of a wow moment because
0: we really hadn't seen this sort of overlook in this part of the park yet. So it was nice because the landscape was different from the southern part of the park from the south unit, I should say. So it was nice to kind of get this kind of perspective and elevation when it
1: came to this section of the park. And what I loved about this was that it was such a clear example of what one of those interpretive signs was saying about north side of a mound versus the south side Mm -hmm. of a mound because you can literally see them right across from one another. They're sloping in toward each other. One faces the north, one faces the south, and um, the one facing the north is covered in beautiful green trees and the other is not.
0: Yeah, as we continue to hike a little bit more, we are definitely able to peer even further into this kind of canyon and definitely notice this is exactly where we had come up from. We could kind of very clearly see what we had hiked already. We are still on this kind of ridge, this upper like ridge of prairie that takes us kind of along the edge of just overview on kind of both sides. We get almost like a 360. As we're hiking, we can kind of see into the distance where we're headed. We end up getting to see even more of the lower sections of the trail and lower sections that we wouldn't be privy to seeing because we weren't going to be hiking those sections. And just incredible,
1: just distant views of Badlands, of hills, of uh, valleys, some with trees, some without. But it was very drip castly in the distance because all of them, sort of, if you've ever seen images of Badlands National Park, this was had a bit of a similar vibe, mm-hmm. though there was more green here. Yes.
0: As we continue to hike here, eventually we come upon a nice little bench that gives us, it's very funny because. Because you're not seeing much of anything. And then all of a sudden there's this little clearing with a, a bench right along the edge. So we're able to just kind of sit up here and just take all of this in for a minute. As you could hear in the recording, there was a ton of wind. Um, and that wind was just up here on this part of the hike. It was just incredibly just gusty.
1: I wasn't complaining about it because it was a very hot day. Right. And so the wind was welcomed Mm -hmm. and I appreciated it.
0: Mm -hmm. It also goes back to the old adage of what we learned in Zion. It's hotter in the canyon than at the rim. Correct. Um, And something that would come back to bite us later in this day. (laughs) That's right. As we continue to hike out a little bit more, this just kind of stays this kind of flat upperland
1: prairie that we can see out into mm-hmm. and then eventually I'm gonna transition to the road. Mm-hmm. And eventually we finally meet up with the scenic loop road again. Mm-hmm. And in order to continue on the Capra Cooley Trail, we knew that at some point we were going to have to cross over the scenic loop road. We do finally happen upon the road, but then in the distance, we see what looks like a gazebo on Mm -hmm. an overlook with a parking area. We see some folks arrive in a car, they get out, and they start heading toward the gazebo. We notice that this gazebo is right on the trail, the Capra Coulee Trail, so that ends up working out well. Mm -hmm.
0: And this area is called the Red Bend Overlook. It is indeed an incredible overlook. Starting from the road, we're able to kind of hike down from this point, which is not like a terrible slope by any means. Like it's very accessible. You're coming at it essentially. We kind of like edged into a parking lot to get there. Like we'd crossed the road. We had got into the parking lot and then followed this down to the overlook and to the essentially the gazebo that's there so it really doesn't do it justice i mean it's vast when you're looking at it from up top but once you get closer to this overlook it's incredible It's truly, you get a view of the Little Missouri River, and there's this sort of shelter that's there that's essentially all in shade. And it's this incredible
1: panorama of Uh, the canyon, essentially. Being inside that shelter gazebo structure, leaning up against the wall to take a photo is like, it's such a great panorama view because it sort of stretches just a little further out onto the, the precipice. You can see everything. It's mm-hmm. like f- sort of floating up there in, in this view. Mm-hmm. And it is spectacular and huge and vast and full of color and full of expanse.
0: The lean-to structure itself is like very clearly of a time when the CCC was doing a lot of work in the parks. You know, if you've been to any other national park and you've seen structures like this, that kind of like natural stone build, this had a wooden roof, which I'm sure has had been replaced at least once or twice in its time in existence. It's a very clear like indicator of time gone by when the CCC during the depression had a really big impact on the parks roadways and structures within the park system um, and really helped the National Park Service to
1: become what it was today. So we spend some time here at the Red Bend Overlook. We chat with this family that has arrived. They have a dog. Mm -hmm. I, of course, speak to the dog. The dog speaks back to me Mm -hmm. because we have a special connection. Mm -hmm. And we chat with them for a while about what we just hiked and what we did in the South Unit. And they tell us a little bit about what's on their agenda for the day, which mostly involved, they were mostly doing the scenic loop drive. Mm -hmm. So um, we decided, okay, we're ready to continue on. What we were about to do is involved essentially descending into the canyon and getting on the trail that hikes across the canyon we were just seeing from the Redbent Overlook. So we continue following the Caprock-Cooley Trail, which essentially becomes a canyon rim trail for about for mm-hmm. a little while. We leave the gazebo and we travel about 200 feet. And then we finally see the turnoff for the North Achenbach Trail. And we can see that it is quite a descent and that it will require us to use our hands and feet. And we agree, okay, this is our next step. And so we took the turn. Into the unknown. <laughs> so let's put these sections of the Canberra Trail on the... Karenstone scale. So the nature trail.
0: The nature trail was like a two, maybe. Like it's not, it's very accessible in that there's not a lot of elevation gain or loss. Many people could do it. I think it's worth it, especially because it's an interpretive trail and you get to see a lot of different distinct parts of what the Badlands are like in North Dakota in a very small um, area.
1: And it, there are some tree roots and some things like that that do occur on nature trails that one would have to navigate. So yes, I agree, a two. So what about the end of the nature trail up to the Red Bend Overlook?
0: Um, I would say this was a little bit more grunt work involved. You're more exposed here, not just to the sun, but to the wind, um, which was very persistent. I would say this is more, because you're gaining some elevation here, a four for me.
1: I was going to give it a five. Great. Great. So nine out of 20 Mm -hmm. Karen stones for the second leg of the Capra Cooley trail. All right. And let's end this episode the way we end all of our episodes with some Jeopardy style trivia. Great wants to get started today? I'll go first. Go
0: for it. So my Jeopardy is inspired by the name Cooley, okay. which um, when I was a kid, my grandma used to call my butt my Cooley. Like oh. that was like a synonym for behind. It's oh, that's funny. My grandmother was Italian. I feel like maybe if you were Italian, that was a similar situation for you. Maybe. Or um, maybe
1: it's just specific to your family. It could be.
0: So <laughs> my Jeopardy is inspired by different names, synonyms for the word butt. Oh, great. Butts. Um, so, butts. Butts are in. They've never been out. They've never been out. For 100, this popular synonym for the rear end is also the name of a bidet company with toilet based attachment
1: bidets. You know, I love them. <laughs> and um, they are not a sponsor. They are not, but I genuinely love them. And what is tushy? That's correct. Tushy's a great word. Mm-hmm. For 200, this French term for the behind sounds
0: like the atmosphere one would experience while walking about cows who are being milked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great description. What is derriere? That's right. The derriere. <laughs> I was proud of that one. That's good. For 300, this term for the posterior takes its name from a heavenly body and was also the same name for the act of self-pantsing and exposure of the rear. What is moon? That's correct. What is the moon? Or to moon one. Um, For 400, this term for the tush sounds similar to how one might abbreviate this popular pale
1: lager which is brewed in Holland. What is Heineken or Heine? What is the Heine? What is the Heine? (laughs) Oh, I like that. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) And for
0: 500, this term for a rump could just as easily be used to describe a person who's being a total ass. Having trouble? Well, the term rhymes with this Christian holiday centered
1: around resurrection. What is Keister? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the name Keister. <laughs> I think that would be a fun nickname. Mm-hmm. Keister. Mm-hmm. Anyway, God, I do love that word. Okay, great. All right. So now it's time for my Jeopardy. Great. Okay. In order to discover the title of this Jeopardy, you're going to do the sample clue. Okay. So to know how this one works. So here we go. This Jeopardy is also inspired by the word Cooley. Great. Okay, great. This 90s phrase was used as a response in place of, okay, sounds good, or I like that. Though the literal description of this phrase might bring up an image of freezing cold kidney or pinto varieties. What's ice your beans? (laughs) Oh, close, but... Think like not warm kidney or... Pentose. Cool your beans? Cold beans? Cool your... <laughs>
0: cool cool beans?
1: There you cool go. Beans. Cool beans. <laughs> How many times are you going to dance? Ice the your phrase? beans? Ice your beans? Cold your beans? Cool beans. Okay, great. So the this category is called cool beans. Great. So when I heard the term coolie... I was immediately brought back to I'm. This is clearly some kind of core memory. Being on AOL Instant Messenger mm. and having someone. Where all our dreams came true. All of them, and having someone when I would chat with them, I always thought it was funny how like you could chat about something on AOL Instant Messenger, and then at school, I don't know if this was went for you. There was no speak of that conversation. Mm. It was like. Secret. Well, it was just like, that happened there. This mm-hmm. is here, not the same. Mm-hmm. Also, some people were totally different people on the internet. Oh, yeah. Than they were still in are. real life. And still are. But mm-hmm. I remember this very, very quiet... George Santos, for one. <laughs> clearly. But this um, one very quiet classmate I had um, was kind of like awful online, mm. especially in her live journal. But oh. anyway, so someone in place of the word cool used to write the word coolie, but they spelled it K E W L I E. Oh, Gross. And I think it was Houlie is with no. an S at the end. Like, so that's what like they were it was it's very weird. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this category is all about phrases we said in the nineties. Great. So you have to identify the phrase we said in the nineties. <laughs> cool the beans. <laughs> cool the beans. <laughs> Oh, cool beans, cool beans. <laughs> did you say cool beans? Uh, maybe, I
0: don't know. I was so, da- I like was a deer in the headlights. For no, me. I mean like in, in the oh, 90s. um Oh, I don't know, maybe. I don't know that I did. I feel like that was like
1: not my bag of beans. Yeah, there you go. Okay, here we go. For one hundred. This nineties phrase was used as a comeback if you were done with a conversation or someone was wrong or you had chosen to no longer engage. Though the literal description might look like someone having a conversation with their phalanges and metacarpals. What's talk to the hand? Correct. Mm-hmm. A phrase I never actually used out loud, but always wanted to. Mm-hmm. For two hundred, this phrase was used the face ain't listening. <laughs> Right, for 200. This phrase was used when people wanted to leave somewhere. Someone would utter this and everyone would prepare to exit. Though it sounds like something one might say when stepping onto a trampoline. What is hop to it? Mm, I mean, I could take that. Though hop to it sounded, sounds a little... I thought hop to it meant like get to work. Mm. This isn't... Hop to it doesn't mean mm. like let's leave. Mm. We let's were bounce. Looking. That's it. There right. you go. Let's bounce. Okay, for 300. This phrase was used to describe someone if they went off the deep end or had a huge reaction to something or was acting wild and unlike themselves, though it literally sounds like they may have gotten a job with the government's parcel delivery service. What is going postal? Correct. For 400. This is what someone might say to someone who is going postal, though the literal description might look like someone swallowing cold medication, as in temperature cold, not like cold medication, but like a cold medication. What is chill out? Mm. What is chill is one of the words. Think about the medication. (laughs) Let's take a chill pill. That's it. There you go. Okay. And for 500 cool (laughs) bean. Cool your beans? Ice your beans? Cool your beans. For 500. This 90s phrase was used as a response in place of, of course I know that. Or, of course everybody knows that. Who the hell do you think you are thinking I didn't know that? As if? What is as if? No. As if was a disagreement. Mm. I don't know. We were looking for no duh. Oh, no duh. Or no doy. No doy. Which was... I remember when that got popular for a minute. Do you?
0: I remember everything.
1: This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often. And that adventure is always out there. The gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the Gaze Shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman and Mariella Klinger, with Sean Slios on guitar. Our music producer is Skylar Forteng. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also
0: like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Middlesex County, New Jersey.